So I saw Black Panther over the weekend, and it was just as excellent as everyone was saying it was. And um, I don't doubt it. I think that you're gonna, yeah, I think you're gonna have fun when you see it. Our theater loved it. Like there was lots of clapping and there's cheering. I won't go into it too deep because I know that there's a lot of people who are listening that still haven't seen it and you haven't either. And I'm still processing it, so I might see it again. You know, because yeah. I I would have seen it by now. I have tickets to watch it tonight. Um, uh-huh. But the last five days, or whatever, however long it's been out, the th- the yeah. UA Court Street in Brooklyn, it it's more or less like the immigration line to get into Wakanda. It's it's crazy. <laughs> I think. Is it just how many? So how many screens do they have at that theater? It's huge. It's like Is a, it one of those it's, like it's like a, it's like a cineplex? You know, I, I think they're showing okay. it on at least seven, six or seven. Uh, uh, screens because it's like Black Panther. So like a 2D, a 3D, and an IMAX? Yes. And an RPX like ultra deluxe thing. And <laughs> you know it's like uh, it's like Black Panther on every screen and then one screen uh-huh. with like Paddington Bear 2. Just like one. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you go All if right, your visa so... isn't clear. So. <laughs> yeah. Escape from plan A. I know what you was thinking when I walked on here comes yet another open black presenter. But it ain't just me brethren that has been overlooked. It is all people of all colors. How come there's no Oscar for them very hard-working little yellow people with tiny dongs? Welcome to the Escape from Plan A podcast. Tonight is a special edition. It is our pre-Oscars podcast, otherwise known as Eliza's Super Bowl. And um, I'm Eliza Romero, and this is Teen Shang. Hello. So this is like, uh, we're going to continue our discussion about movies. Last time we talked about Star Wars, that was very fun. I have been so excited about this podcast since December when we said we were going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually got around to seeing a lot of movies, so... Well, thanks to Movie Pass. Oh yeah, Movie Passes. It's really changed things. I'm only saying this half jokingly. I don't have any evidence to support this. There's there's almost two million people using Movie Pass, and I'm pretty sure every time I yeah, go to the they theater, had like, like half the five hundred thousand people signed up in just one it month. Makes, it was like in January. It makes no sense. It's eight dollars. You know, they uh-huh. dropped the price to eight dollars a month now. Yeah, I saw That's that. That's a box of M and M's at the theater. <laughs> You can watch unlimited movies. It's like a slushy. My theory, and I don't, I don't mean this like, oh, I have evidence or a re- like a rational b- basis to believe this. Uh-huh. But where are they getting that money from? I am keeping my eye open for signs that it's actually CIA funded. I'm not. I'm only half joking. Didn't Wired magazine do an article about MoviePass and saying that it basically just like sells our information? Mm. Because it has to, it has to operate on like our phones. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have the app and you have to check in. Mm-hmm. So like it knows where you are and it has like all the other information that it needs. But I'm like, I don't know, that doesn't really bother me because I'm like, I'm me. already on every single, I'm already on every single social network yeah. and I've like willingly given so much of my information everywhere mm-hmm. else. Someone is taking two million people to the movies for free. Someone is <laughs> yeah. dating two million people. <laughs> very needy like you know dates who want to keep on going on dates and never pay and whoever is behind this is fine with that and that's troubling 
Like if I was single and on Tinder, I would say like, oh, you have to have movie pass because otherwise it wouldn't work it's out. It's like your perfect. It's like it's like the perfect date. The person doesn't show up. It still takes you to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the CIA. It's the only way. I'm telling you. So to the Oscars, um, something that will be interesting for once is to hear the acceptance speeches that people give, because I think everyone's going to try to make a statement of some sort. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be the usual self-congratulatory. Let's thank everyone that we've ever met. And I'm so humbled to be standing here. Sure. Deal. I, I agree because it's not there's just too much in the air. You know, yeah, there's just, there's just too much. In and the air. Hollywood has been at the center of so many so many changes it's like all year we've been wondering how me too and weinstein would affect the oscars and i think it's um i think it's pretty evident like the weinstein company used to have tons of movies in the running every year like didn't we find out like earlier they've won like 200 oscars and they're not even that old of a company so so i'm gonna go ahead and say that harvey weinstein has pretty much single-handedly reshaped the oscars again like very true anyone involved in that purge of sexual abusers has been completely left out of the running Mm -hmm. um kevin spacey was replaced by christopher Plummer in all the money in the world Mm -hmm. and christopher Plummer is now nominated for best supporting actor um kate winslet is always nominated but this year she wasn't Mm -hmm. and i think it's because she was in a movie that was directed by woody allen Mm -hmm. and i also guarantee that that decision to snub her has a lot to do with all the actors just now expressing regret for working with Woody Allen. I don't think it's because they actually care. Mm-hmm. Um, James Franco had a pretty successful run during the award season, like all the way to the Golden Globes. And then that got ruined. He's, you know, the disaster artist, I think is only nominated for um, best adapted screenplay. I'm looking it up. Right oh, he now. didn't. But he like, didn't get nominated for best actor. No, okay. he was completely yeah. After after the run up, after the run up to the Golden Globes, he won Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy for um, the Disaster Artist, and then he was completely left out of the Oscar race. Um, no Best Director nod, no Best Picture nod, like everybody was predicting. I want to say that I want to feel like that 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 this is like you know a good thing that 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 mm-hmm. that Hollywood is taking me too seriously hashtag me too seriously and and i and i also want to feel like they're taking you know diversity issues more seriously but like part of me just feels like hollywood is just learning to hide its shit again like this is just a period in which it's learning the you know the ways in which the public found out all its you know its dirty laundry and now it's just finding new places to hide it or something i don't know i mean you're probably most likely you're right or it'll just be it'll just be like a new a new crop of people in power. That's all it did was just get rid of the old but put in the new and it's like it's just as probably just as bad behind the scenes. They'll all be under the veil of wokeness and they'll be all like SJW'd out. But I don't want to believe that cuz I want to you see a young you see a young guy like Ryan Coogler coming up and you, uh-huh. you see he's destined for greatness and you don't want to believe that he's capable of doing you know going that route, you know? Like we hope not. I just can't. I don't want to believe it. I don't. I don't believe it, yeah. and I don't want to believe it. I mean, maybe that's what makes it so dangerous: is that we don't want to believe yeah. it. And so you will hold on to that for a long time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. Okay. So, should we get to the? I mean, I haven't seen all the nominees. Yeah, let's go but... down some of the. Let's let's go. I haven't seen every single nominee either. I skipped Darkest Hour. I don't. Yeah. One World War One movie in that list is enough. I saw Dunkirk. I was surprised that I, they made those. I thought that they were like companion I thought it was movies. World, wait, mm-hmm. 
Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, Dunkirk, it was it was a lot shorter than your typical Christopher Nolan film. Because remember Interstellar? Uh-huh. Yes. Like, Dunkirk is only an hour and 46 minutes, which really surprised me because World War II movies are never short. Uh-huh. And Christopher Nolan movies are never short. Uh-huh. Oh, but yeah. I, I thought it was a good movie. I think it's deserving of Best Picture. I mean, it's deserving of the nomination, certainly. I think so, too. I think it's the safe one. Like, if you go... Uh, sorry, well, I said World War One. I, I meant World War Two. It's... Yeah, like, I think it's... I think it is deserving. I think in an ordinary... When Hollywood was just being Hollywood, it would definitely be, like, considered... Oh, it's... It, there's, a, there's a certain kind of retro avant-gardeness to that movie did you notice there was mm-hmm. very there was a lot of death and destruction and 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 all that but there was almost no blood as compared yeah. to like saving P- private well Ryan. it's pg-13 pg-13 very little gore it was very old-fashioned in the way yeah. like when a bomb went off all mm-hmm. that really happened was like a guy went like he, he would just jump really high and then fall on, on his ass and then yeah. he would just be dead <laughs> you know i was really surprised to find out that it was pg-13 before i saw it too yeah because I was like, Christopher Nolan and a World War II movie, and it's PG-13? Right, right. I thought it was going to be a gore fest. Um, but it's still... Yeah. But what I did like about it was that it still had this real sense of dread. And it makes you realize, like, it's not really the gore and the horror mm-hmm. of it that puts you on edge. It's that... It's the unpredictability. Yeah, it's, it's what's... You know, it's not knowing what's going to happen. That's so scary, you know? Yeah, um, but honestly, I, I mm-hmm. saw the movie over the summer in the theaters, and I knew when I saw it that it was going to go to the Oscars. Um, For sure, I did not. It, it doesn't have the feel of a like you said. It doesn't have the typical feel of like a WW two film, like Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Like we tend to think of Saving Private Ryan as like the most WW two film ever, yeah. but in this one, it's like you get introduced to a couple of the main characters, and it's really really brief. And then, boom, you're in the battle. Yeah. And it's like, this movie is just about the, it's about the spectacle yeah. of the event, yeah. you know? And that's it. Like, it's just about the evacuation. Yeah. And it's like just one gigantic sequence. Yeah, and they're just, people are just making shit up as they go along. That was the feeling that I got yeah. from it. It was like, war, these guys, they didn't have like these, you know, intricate, like a lot of World War II movies or whatever, they have these very intricate plans, and then there's a lot of mm-hmm. planning, planning, and then people executing. This was just like, uh-huh. yo, what the fuck do we do? They're like, yo, just send, um, just send all the boats. They're like, what boats? Just the, bo- <laughs> the boats in the harbor. Just send them. You know? Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, they were just making shit up as they went along. You know, it, that felt really scary to 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 be in a position where. You had, you know, you know. Everyone knew that they were just sitting ducks, and you just you got no plan. Um, the mu- yeah, the I, music I was so it good. Was, the sound. It was a good score. Yeah. I thought that the emotional impact of the movie doesn't come from like Saving Private Ryan, where you you have a connection to one of your favorite characters, and then you're like rooting for them. Like, are they gonna make it? Like, this is the this one. It's like, it's like the collective. It's like the collective emotional impact of everyone involved, mm-hmm. and from watching that spectacle, yeah. and. Nolan really did go out of his way to to recreate the event as as well as he could. When it comes to winning Best Picture for me, my issue is that I'm so sick of WW2 movies winning Oscars. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so formulaic sure. at this point. Sure. Yeah, there is that. If you make a movie about World War II or the Holocaust, you're going to win some Oscars. I, I do agree with that. It's, it's, the, it's, the, um, it's the apple tree that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. So. so that's why I think it would be the safe way out. It would be like a boring pick. It is the safest yeah. one. It is. Yeah. 
it's on everybody's top 10 list for the year and there's like there's not that many bad reviews about it it it, it's not divisive the way three billboards is Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't make people kind of uncomfortable like shape of water did (laughs) yeah okay so i saw that last night (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I saw Shape of Water last so... night. So yeah. <laughs> fucking, I was surprised by how much I disliked it. I I am too, actually, because I actually I don't know. I mean, I did not like it, but I don't care for Guillermo del Toro. Like I, I thought that I made it through all of Pan's Labyrinth, and I thought I still think it's unwatchable. I'll never watch it again. I don't uh-huh. like his stuff. I don't know. When I was thinking about like the sex scenes in. The Shape of Water. All I could think about was um, I thought of the theory of everything. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Like basically, S- Stephen Hawking's penis still works. Is like. Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought about um, Harry Potter and Hagrid's dad. I don't remember that. I wasn't. So, I didn't really watch much so Harry Potter. The sex. Okay, so the sex scenes with um, God. I have to say her name, Eliza. Yeah. <laughs> so the sex scenes with Eliza and, where is and she, like. And where is she from? Baltimore. <laughs> so the sex scenes with um, yeah. with Fishman and Eliza, they made yeah. me think about Harry Potter. Like, how did Hagrid's dad have sex with a giant? Just like the mechanics of the whole thing. I'm like, this sure. Fishman, he doesn't have a penis in any of the other other scenes like where did it come from well they 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 had these little hand signals a little dome opened up kind of like when it, like the like those observatories and then the telescope came out to examine the celestial um the celestial glory let's say um yeah it was precious the movie was a little it was very precious and it, it made me feel i am a uh, del toro fan especially uh i did i did really like pan's labyrinth and i loved um uh, the Devil's Backbone, mm-hmm. and I did not I like, see The Devil's Backbone. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 similar to Pan's Labyrinth in a way. It's a ghost story, and uh, I like those movies because, well, one, they were Spanish, mm-hmm. and I don't know. There's something about a foreign movie that I can I can maintain that distance from it, mm-hmm. and all the weirdness and quirkiness of it to me is like kind of fun because I'm like, oh, Spanish movies are so strange, right? This is fun. <laughs> um, I don't know if it trans. I don't. I haven't found that his uh, um, English language and American movies have translated that well. There was another one that he did with Kate Winslet that I did not like at all. Was that him? Yeah, that was him. And then he did the Pacific Rim. I I didn't really like Pacific Rim much either. Uh, it was okay. But Shape of Water. I was just like, you know, the thing about this, the thing that pissed me off about this movie was just how tiring it was to watch it because everything all the all the notes all the emotional notes were so overplayed Mm -hmm. and yet it was a movie that was trying to say you know that part where she's describing in sign language to Mm -hmm. um her her friend um about how there's this subtle sort of you know he 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 doesn't view her as incomplete yeah I really yeah. like that part. It was in the trailer, and I was like, "This could be a really good movie." Like that is has shows very complicated. And then the best parts in the trailer. I hate when they the, do that. It was. The, I mean, you can watch the trailer and see a better movie than I think what you get. <laughs> you you know, know what? There's a controversy about Guillermo plagiarizing The Shape of Water from uh, playwright Paul Zindel. Okay. So the Guardian reported back in January that Del Toro cribbed the film from a story called "Let Me Hear You Whisper." written uh-huh. by Paul Zindel, which is like in the 60s. And it's about um, a cleaning lady who falls in love with a sea creature at a government laboratory. 
Both women or both move or I'm sorry, both stories feature women janitors who work in a government facility. Both women use food to gain the trust of the creature being held there. Both women dance with a mop to love songs for the amusement of the creature. Both women overhear there is an imminent vivisection in store for their sea lovers. Both sneak the creatures out in laundry carts and both have a friend at the facility who helps them out with their plan. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's pretty uh the, the details that's, there that's are pretty not crazy. a common that's not no. a common plot i would like it for it to be a freaky coincidence because i think those are kind of interesting like do you ever hear about that was it a novel about a um about a ship that was almost identical to the titanic no and it like exact same thing happens like it and this was like way before the Titanic was built and it, it hits an iceberg and it sinks and all this. And it was called Ooh. like the Titan or something. Oh, that's interesting. My, yeah. I mean, I just was like, did you feel, you know, like Michael Shannon's character, the, yeah. the evil guy? Like, I've just felt him to be really, I really like him as an actor too. Uh, I also saw him on Broadway and he was, he's like amazing, uh, really amazing actor. But I was just really, it was just really tiring watch him act, you know? Just every time he came on screen, I was just like, I know I'm going to have to watch him torture this fish man thing. Mm-hmm. And I know like right as they free him, he's going to show up. And of course he does. And I'm just sitting there anticipating all that stuff. And it just and all the notes, like all the emotional notes were just so bad. Like it reminded me of those pies that they kept eating. The key you know, lime those, pies. The shitty ass key lime pies that he <laughs> like that's what the movie tasted like to me. You know? <laughs> oh. So 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 one good thing about the movie, I think I think it will win like um probably it will win best set design. Oh, it was amazing. Right. Because visually it, it you know, I didn't like the movie, but visually mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Like the he chose the cinematic theme for his movie to be a color green. Yeah. And then the greens are just so saturated everywhere. So it was very pretty to look at. It had a sort of like Dark City, The Matrix, Biohazard kind of retro. Yeah, it's like sort of a retro. A dark, yeah, tonally. Tonally, it, retro. it is. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm rooting against it. Yeah. I, I just don't Mostly think. Mostly I'm, I'm singling that movie to root against because I think that it is. I think it is down to two movies. Okay. For the race for best picture, it's three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and The Shape of Water are what I think are the three, I mean, the two movies that everyone is uh, is talking about for this year. Okay. These are the two okay. front runners. Okay. And you know and... how much I love Three Billboards. And if you're yes. listening, I wrote a review about Three Billboards, which is on the Plan A magazine site right now. Yes. So. Which I just I'm read not, again, by the way. I'm not going to go into it in detail because there's a whole article on our website that you can read about. But I'm just going to, if you haven't read it, Three Billboards is my choice for Best Picture. Yeah, I think it'll win. Uh, and it's a, whatever, what, whatever one thinks about that movie, I think it's definitely the movie that is worthy of the most discussion. It is. There is nothing to discuss about Shape of Water except, nothing. like, I guess we can talk about the sex scene. You know, I guess. <laughs> the only thing then, that I that only thing that I think is worth discussing is why do so many people think it was so good? And there I was were a blo- couple okay, bad I, reviews that that I fully you, agreed with. The the bad reviews just nailed the movie. So, 
Yeah, Shape of Water. I, I So when I came out of the theater, I thought, okay, so Dunkirk is definitely going to be in the Oscar running. I already saw mm-hmm. that months ago. But Shape of Water is probably a front runner for Best Picture because it's the kind of movie that wins Best Picture. And that was before I saw Three Billboards. And then I saw Three Billboards and I was like, no, this movie needs to be Three Billboards. And can, can like, can Teen go and see this movie because I need to talk to him about it? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we like we fought about it. Well, I wouldn't say we fought about it. I think <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say we fought about it. I think I just have okay. So what? Um, what I like? I'm still trying to figure out what exactly made you. F- you seem to have fallen in love with this movie. Um, what was it like? At what point? That's maybe that's my question. Is like at mm-hmm. what point in watching it were you all in? Because I think most movies for me. There's a there's an all in point where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm all in. I was actually all in in the very beginning, in the first maybe 20 minutes or so for Shape of Water. I said I'm all in for this. Yeah. And then I and then I just folded. <clears throat> I, sh- I just folded. <laughs> but uh, three billboards, I never went all in. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering at what point did you decide? Yeah, this is it. First 20 minutes, I was all in because Frances McDormand is the shit. I mean, she is mm. the queen. She's she is the queen of the Oscars this year. And yeah. then after, I mean, I guess never, it was never that I was not all in. I was all in the whole way. And mm. then it's like, I guess never fell out. Yeah. She, okay. So it was really like a singular performance that brought you in was, was, was her. I mean, I saw the movie because Frances McDormand was in it, but after I saw the movie, I was like, okay, Frances McDormand is the queen of the Oscars. This is her year. Yeah. But the one that made me keep thinking over and over in my head, and I just like didn't know where I fell, how I felt about him, was Sam Rockwell's character. Mm-hmm. That's the one where all the conversation is revolving around, is his yes. character, Officer yeah. Jason Dixon. I, yeah, we should get to him. And you know, the thing is, we can talk about him because I actually like uh, Sam, uh, Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, yeah, as an actor. He um, has been in like sixty movies, and he's always like, "I know that guy. Where have I seen him again?" Yes, he is. You don't. Yeah. I don't think that most people know who he is, on like just a name basis. Mm-hmm. I think that they will now because he's going to win Best Supporting Actor. Well, a lot of Reddit geeks know him through Moon. If you ever watched Moon, I didn't see that one. He's very. But he's good like in that. sixty movies. I don't. I haven't even seen half of the movies that he's been in. I know that okay. when I do see him, he's always excellent. You know. Yeah. yeah. Check out Moon. Uh, okay. It's a I sci-fi will. film, and it 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 involves he's he, it's he's not the main character. He's the only character. <laughs> You're not the first person that that ha, that has said that to me about Moon. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a cult Actually, classic. Shout it's out, Jerry, if you're listening. You also brought this up, so now there's uh, two people that said I need to go see it. So I definitely need to check it out. Over under on your friend Jerry being like a redditor is pretty high. so so it's his character that's so controversial and it's his character where it's the most transformative Mm -hmm. and uh i think that the ending is really controversial for a lot of people like i'm okay with it something i love about the uh, most of the oscar nominated films this is kind of like off topic but it's something i'm thinking about Mm -hmm. and it's something i thought about when i was watching three billboards is that what I love about Oscar-nominated movies, especially Best Picture category, is that you'll have a slew of fantastic movies year after year, and none of them will ever have a sequel. Like, there's going to be no part two or three of any of these movies. They're all self-contained, and it's not like, is this going to be a new, is going to be a three billboards franchise? 
You know? Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Is there going like to be Dunkirk, yeah. the franchise? Right. That's right. what I like. I, I'm like, I love Marvel and I mm-hmm. love Star Wars and I love Planet of the Apes. But I'm also like, there's there's like standalone movies that I like those too. In fact, I kind of prefer them. Yeah. That's a different conversation though. But this movie is about some really dark, bleak stuff and they managed to make it funny which is something that I know you and I both like, like take serious things and make it funny, but it's still serious, you know? Like it sounds terrible, but if you watch the movie, you know exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it does require a movie to pull it off. Like I don't think that Three Billboards could work as like a book or a TV show. It has to be a film. It has to be visual. And especially it has to have a cast and a crew that are as skilled as the one they had for this movie. Like, I don't understand why director Martin McDonough is not nominated for Best Director. I never understood that either. I never understood why someone, like, it happens both ways, right? Like, people get Best Director but not get Best Picture yeah. and vice versa. I'm confused I'm like, by it, too, when that that's happens. That's like having a award, like a literary award where it's like, we have two awards, Best Book and Best Author. I'm like, huh, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the best author didn't have any very, very good books this year, so. Um, There's no way I can talk about Three Billboards and not give away any spoilers. I think we should talk about the movie. It do, you know, it, it does involve um, Francis McDormand's character, Mildred, going on sort of a personal crusade against police misconduct in her town, right? Into the She calls them in- out with the billboards. The botched investigation of the murder of her daughter. But it right? wasn't a botched really the- investigation. Yeah. It was not botched. It was like there was just no, there's no witnesses. There's like, there was, there was no DNA because they burned the body. Like there was nothing to go on. So it wasn't botched. They just, she's But she's convinced convinced that they're not working hard enough, right? Yeah. And there is a sense in the, I guess this is my, 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 my problem with this movie is there's very serious things in play here, Mm -hmm. but I never get this and I'm okay with lighthearted. I'm okay with funny, but for example, when it comes to Woody Harrelson, uh, who was the who played the main cop that she was really going up against, right? She was really really laying the blame on him. I never got that sense that anything wrong happened. Maybe that was the intention of the movie that these cops uh-huh. actually did do their best, uh, yeah. or something. But he was like, I don't know. I just I just felt like what is what exactly is she railing against here? Because he seemed like a totally dedicated cop that was doing the right thing. And okay. Well, I think that one of the themes for the movie is um, it's like a theme of revenge and anger and where does it all stop? So it's like mm. she is so angry and of course she is because her daughter was abducted. She was raped while she was dying and right. then the murderer burned her burned her alive. Yeah. And it's like she's she can't handle she can't handle what's going on with her emotions and it's just like She's, I really think it's just a lot of misdirected anger. And I think that's a lot of the theme. Like Jason Dixon also has a lot of misdirected anger in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the whole point of it was. It's like, it's kind of um, a commentary on call out culture, for mm-hmm. example, and how a lot of that culture is also mis- misguided anger. Oh, I see. You're saying that she's doing the calling out here and it's misguided. Yes. I she, see. Is, she is calling them out and it's like they literally did everything that they possibly could it's not a botched investigation like she said it was and 
all this anger and all this revenge like when she when she burned she went all Django unchained and she burned down the police station and then you know officer Dixon was inside and he jumps out and she's in absolute shock and then she right. finds out later on that um she he did not even burn down her billboards so it's like you know that wasn't even justified after she justified it for herself yeah. major spoilers though guys yeah. well we spoiled the crap out of star wars too so yeah we did so <laughs> no i think i think you could still watch three billboards and I, I mean i don't think three billboards is that spoilable a movie right it's like there's the there's the, i don't I think know the- i f- i thought that so i i knew nothing about the movie going in all i knew right. was that francis mcdormand was in it and i love her so uh-huh. i'll see anything that she's in uh-huh. And then I sat there and I watched the movie and it was like, I had no clue what I was watching. Right. And I just went in completely. I, I knew, I knew that, I knew that Woody Harrelson was in it and I knew that Francis McDormand was in it. I actually didn't know Sam Rockwell was in it. I didn't know Peter Dinklage was in it. I didn't know Woody Harrelson was going to be in it. Um, I only knew because I'm a fan of his and he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor too. Yeah. Everyone forgets that he's nominated for Best Supporting Actor for the same movie. Because Sam Rockwell got all of the... Uh... People have been making the case that there there should be such a thing as a white movie. Meaning, like, you know, like, we categorize films by, like, oh, this is, like, a specialty black movie, right? Like, it's a black <laughs> movie. Black Panther is a black movie. Yeah. But I think there should be such a thing as a white movie. And this is a white movie. This is a very and, white movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the... Pro- see, here's my problem now with white movies, the way they the way they go. Uh-huh. I, could, I can see it from your perspective, and I actually did enjoy watching the movie, you know? Of course you did, because it's great, and it deserves yeah. best picture. Right, yeah. <laughs> but the, the problem with it, though, is... And, you know, actually, Shape of Water had this problem, too, was they, they can't go all in on the whiteness and uh-huh. these these little bits of racial commentary flow through but they're not, they're very like they're they're not committal they're not committed to the racial commentary and yet they mm-hmm. let it through anyway like there are definitely moments of racial commentary in shape of water oh definitely you know but it just seemed so the punches were so pulled that it was almost insulting to me in the sense that I'm like then why did you even say it you know like just the little bits about, oh, you know, the, the pie restaurant, not wanting to serve the black customers. It just seemed gratuitous. Um, and I feel like the, the they should have done away with the whole thing about the racial violence, uh, the, the inferred racial violence in Sam Rockwell's past. Just make him a shitty cop. You know, like... Yeah. I feel like that's what they should do, but... I think that Martin McDonough, because he's an Irishman, writing about what he considers, like, um, how can I make this man as horrible as possible? And it's like, well, in America, it's like, if he's a cop, the worst kind of cop you can be is one who was who was brutal right. to a person of color, you know? Right, right. That's like the worst cop that you can possibly be. Otherwise, he's just dumb. He's wading into territory. He's wading into waters that he doesn't. He's not familiar with. And that is I, true. Yes, I just I wish think that possibly. They would stay out I also, of it. No, you know what? Actually, I take it back. I don't think that he's wading into waters that he's unfamiliar with. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. I think he's smarter than you're giving him credit for. I think that he knew that if he made Sam Rockwell's character um, racist with a police brutality past. And then gave him somewhat of a um, redemption arc. I think that he knew it would get people talking. Because really, it's the only Best Picture nominee that people 
just can't stop talking about. If that's the case, then I have a real problem with the movie because that's not the issue. You know, like Sheriff Joe Arpaio mm-hmm. isn't going to like one day go to the bar and realize, you know, hey, I got to help these Mexicans too. You know, like it's, you know, it's it's so much deeper than the little bit of commentary that he throws at it. And I feel it does more an otherwise great movie. The other part of it for me that kind of took me out of the movie a little bit uh, what I don't know how offensive this is gonna f- be for me to say, mm-hmm. but for, but Mildred, she look. She, I kept seeing Willem Dafoe in her. Oh, I wow. can't. I can't. I, I mean, could not not I, see him. I don't know. I why. mean, I guess I'd have to do a side by side. Because they not, made her very. So, they made her very masculine well, they, in that movie. They did. She is always wearing those um, denim coveralls and she's got no makeup on. And, you know, she's a 60 year old woman. So mm-hmm. with no makeup and on HD, you're going to see you're going to see more than the human eye would. You're going to see more wrinkles and like more angles than, you know, he always had that long suffering skeletal look. Yeah, he, oh, uh, he does. Defoe yeah. Did. Willem Dafoe and, does. And she, I feel like they accentuated that aspect of her suffering and in the process made her look a lot like Willem Dafoe and it was taking me out of the movie. I, I don't think, I don't think that Three Billboards ever set out to be an activist film. At the same time, I don't think that it's socially irresponsible. It was never meant to be a movie about race or pr- police brutality. I feel like, you know, I, I, I said it in my article. I don't think that art needs to be like this moral medium. I think that it's just showing but not correcting anything. And that's perfectly fine with me, too. I think it's context dependent. Um, and I think that when they do try and make movies, when they do try to award movies based on their their political commentary that's how you end up with crash being a winner this is much better than crash yeah i mean crash was a political winner you know um it was also a long time ago i feel like they like back then in the the years of crash i mean like titanic won best picture and all the other awards like a few years before that i feel like i feel like they went by commercial standards rather than artist Mm -hmm. purely artistic standards like they do today like they really don't care now if like if your movie made eleven dollars at the box office, they don't really care. Like it can still win Best Picture. Yeah, but they also got Hollywood's got a hard on for itself though. Like they they there was this period where they just kept they kept they keep awarding films that celebrate films. The artist. Like, yeah, the artist, the Birdman. I felt Shape of Water had a lot of that too. Um, where I it was can see that. Fil- yeah, I can see that. Films. Yeah, you know, she lived above the Orpheum, and that was that. There's a part of the Academy that just has a great deal of love for itself. With three billboards, it's just if it wins, it's going to be a strange. It's going to be a strange movie because it's not your traditional best picture. It has some great performances. That's why I want it to win best picture. Just to what to to stoke the conversation. Yeah, or? I don't want Don Kirk to win. I want Get Out to win. Okay. That. <laughs> That's what I wish. I mean, if we're going for like political statement of the year, Get Out, yeah, it should win. If we're going by that, I I think Get Out would be a perfect makeup for uh, Crash. (laughs) But I think the nomination is as far as they're going to get. Yeah, Um, I don't. I don't think that. um, I don't think that Get Out is. I mean, it could. You know, I'm not an expert. It could. I would be really, really surprised if it did. I will not be disappointed if it did. I guess I don't think it's going to. I'm I'm still I'm I think it's kind of sad that the animated features don't get lumped into the general pictures category because I felt I felt like Coco deserves a chance. So Coco 
doesn't really have any competition for best animated feature this year. Like that movie was amazing. The only other nominee that I can think of that's deserving of a mention is The Breadwinner, which was Angelina Jolie's uh, animation project, which I actually watched last night and I enjoyed it a lot. It's about a young girl and her family in um, in Kabul, Afghanistan, in the, le- the days leading up to the American invasion. And both movies have really strong POC protagonists. What is it called? The Breadwinner? It's called The Breadwinner, and it's been really overlooked. Like, I don't... I don't even remember it coming out in the theaters. I saw it on um, I saw it on Netflix last night. Oh, oh, okay. So yeah, I remember she had like a project mm-hmm. involved, like a live action project involving Cambodia or something like that, right? Right. Yeah. But she she did that. She's she's had some really good projects this year. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. Like, maybe they should open it up. Making animation movies is really not that different from making live action films, right? I don't know if the continue like I don't in the future at some point I feel like they're going to have to consider, you know, allowing them to compete within the same field because it's just discouraging people from making really really good animation. Coco could definitely go up against some of these best picture winners. I think it, so it too. It is it is the, it is the quality. I of a best in my picture. mind it's the best movie that I saw all year. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, I loved it too. Yeah, uh, but it you know you just end up not talking about it, right? Because everyone's talking about all the best picture nominees and stuff, and it's just automatically left out of that conversation because right. the, the 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 real what is it? What was the other one that was nominated? I mean, what, what, like it's not even it's not even fair fight. You know, like it's not even worth discussing. So it's like Coco, and then there's Boss Baby, which right. you know, I don't know what that's doing in in the Oscars. I heard it has and some capitalist. There's... It has some. It has some capitalist, anti-capitalist undertones, which is kind of interesting. But <laughs> okay, uh, um, I don't know. Then there's the Breadwinner, which we just talked about, and then I think it's called Finding Vincent, some animation, uh, some movie about Vincent Van Gogh. Okay. And I don't know what the other one is. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, I hope in the future they start addressing this because I, th- I do think we are at that point where they got to really start thinking about it, you know. So let's go down um, the next category, Best Supporting Actor and Actress. So Best Supporting is a category that is filled with villains and antiheroes. And I'm so drawn to those kinds of characters. So mm-hmm. this category is actually the most exciting for me aside from Best Picture. Like they are, these antiheroes and these antagonists, they are like, they are the pathos of almost every movie. Killmonger, Black Panther, for example. I think that he is very much the pathos of the movie, and a lot of the conversation in Black Panther has to do with Killmonger. And I won't say anything more. So, so Octavia Spencer is nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Shape of Water. Um, but she's playing the same role that she won her other Best Supporting Actress award for in 2012. Mm-hmm. She got it for the help. She you played a black woman. Yeah, she's the help she, again. She's a, a, she's playing a black woman in the 1960s who works for a white woman. Like I love her and I think she's a great actress, but I get really irritated when actors get nominated for playing the same role over and over and over again. Like Christoph Waltz, he did this too. Like he was yeah. nominated for Best Supporting Actor in Inglorious Bastards, yeah. and then he won it. He actually won Best Supporting Actor a few years later when he played the same character but in Django Unchained it was the same guy yeah it's the same thing yeah and they call- there was a scene in there where I swear to god they they specifically were making reference to the help because they called her the help oh god um, I was like <laughs> they must have known that that was a 
a reference to that. Yes. Um, so. I would love for Octavia, Octavia Spencer to be nominated again, but I want to see her in like, can we give her, can we give her a different role? You know, yeah. can she play like a leading role maybe? Yeah. She's capable of it. Um, so for Best Supporting Actress, I'm actually going to go with Alice and Janney from um, I, Tanya. I've not seen that. So she plays Tanya Harding's abusive, controlling mother. And she is... So Hollywood really likes these transformative roles. And she's like... She's almost unrecognizable in that wig mm-hmm. and the glasses. Not seen it. I heard you know what good, I'm talking but... about, though? Like, the Academy really likes it when... When an actor like becomes that character, like, yeah, like when I say when like when I say trans in Monster, we should play the Monster, serial killer, yeah. or or yeah. when Jamie Foxx played Ray Charles, or when Daniel yeah. Day Lewis played um, Christy Brown in My Left Foot, or like when they when they lose like a ton of weight or something like that. Yeah, they turn uh, Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> best actor and best actress. The, so that this category this year is pretty boring because it's so predictable. We already know Frances McDormand is going to get it for Three Billboards, you know? Mm-hmm. And we already know that Gary Oldman's going to get it for Darkest Hour. And they, they both have a body of work that's consistent, and it makes them deserving of their awards. I, I think it's more exciting when there's more fresh faces in the running. I could see Sally Hawkins winning Shape of Water. You mean against Frances McDormand? Yeah, I could see her winning. I could that would see be quite the, an upset. I, would see, I could see the Academy leaning towards her because there is that... Shape of Water, like you said, it's built to win. And it yeah. does have – her performance just has – there's something about – you know, it's a fairy tale, right? And I think that my – what I'm noticing now about Hollywood is, like, there's this constant pressure, um, especially for white movies, to offer sort of a fairy tale escape. And so, Right, she's playing a disabled woman. Yeah, she's – and she just has – I don't know. There's just something pixie-ish and Amelie-ish about her. Mm-hmm. And which is a character that she specializes in, right? She does a lot of these types of mm-hmm. characters. And I can see the Academy with all the older people in it and that that just being really charmed, really, really charmed and uh, appreciative of this. And it's a silent, you know, so they all, love a right. silent so movie. all the acting mm-hmm. has to be in her her um, her body language and her facial expressions. facial expressions. Yeah, yeah. And I can just see them saying, like, this was such a such a unique and charming performance. And I, despite not liking the movie, I, I thought she was excellent. Just like I thought Frances McDormand was excellent, despite not really buying into the movie. Um, I could see mm-hmm. them going with her because she just she just tickles that that bone a little bit more for 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 that older crowd, that older white man crowd versus, yeah. you know, like woman on a revenge tour, Duke Nukem style. You know, there's just there's just enough of that. I would say I would say this year it would make more of a statement that Frances McDormand wins Best Actress yeah. because of just all that female but anger. It's mostly white guys, old ones, <laughs> and they don't they don't collaborate. See, that's the thing is like they don't. They, apparently, it is blind voting. Like they don't talk to each other. You know, like I'm sure I'm sure some of them know each other and they they'll talk, but like it's not like they all get in a boardroom and say, okay, what's the Academy going to do this year. Okay, so so this is where things get really tricky because they have a new way of voting. So if you're an Academy member, you can't just pick your favorite and then just submit it. Before, Best Picture was chosen this way and like whatever film got close to 50% of the voter more was the winner. And now they have what's called a preferential ballot where um, Academy members will rank 
all nine films nominated for Best Picture from first to last. So you're not even required to fill in all nine slots. Like, I'm assuming it's because there's a lot of Academy members who haven't seen all the films or, like, they just don't care enough for certain ones to even bother ranking them. Then there is a process of elimination where they go round after round and they remove the films that got the least amount of votes or were consistently in the bottom of the ranking. So like with nine films nominated, it's going to be like almost impossible that one film could get ranked at number one by 50% or more of the voters. So you're telling me that the Academy has gone all eHarmony on us. <laughs> so in this preferential ballot, like the way I understand it, so if your film is featured broadly enough in the higher rankings, even if it's not number one, it could mm -hmm. get to best picture, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. leads me to, mm -hmm. if you want to go just by passion and the art of filmmaking, then obviously Three Billboards is my choice. But if you go by... Like, that's my gut and my heart right there, three billboards. But mm -hmm. if you want to put mm -hmm. money on it and you're not emotionally invested in who wins or loses, I'm feeling like Dunkirk. <laughs> I feel like that's, Dunkirk yeah. is in enough people's, it is broadly represented in enough of the voters' top rankings. Yeah. I think it ranks high enough in enough of their ballots that it could be the best picture winner because three billboards yeah. is so divisive that people either put it at number one or they're putting it at number nine shape of water is i see it in i see it also in a lot of different places because there's a lot of people out there that felt the same way that you and i did and so mm. it's either at the top or it's at the bottom so it's like those ones in like the three and the four i feel like they might actually have a better chance of getting to best picture through that process mm -hmm. of elimination with like this this new preferential ballot thing that they're doing. Man, you're really into this. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to put some money down on this. I mean, okay, so if Dunkirk if Dunkirk wins, like it won't be the first time I've disagreed with the best picture winner. In fact, like most years I disagree with the best picture uh -huh. winner. But I feel like this new this new ballot thing is it's really shaking things up. And that's why there's no real front runner is because they vote, the Academy votes differently than like the SAG Awards or the BAFTAs. This is some quantitative shit. I'm going to, I'm actually going to have to start. I'm, I'm just going around right now looking for a place where I can maybe put money on the Oscars. <laughs> you knew Sounds that there's like... ways to bet on it. No, I, no, I think that's right. I mean, I think, you know, they always say afterwards, like, oh, the Academy this, the Academy that, but it's just sort of like people... People just ranking and betting uh, and and voting sort of on their on on an individual basis. Yeah, I could see the Academy members just sort of piecing out on content this year uh -huh. and just saying like, you know, I'm I'm sick. I can I, mean, I can almost understand this. Like, just I'm sick of like evaluating movies based on 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 content. And can we just go for you know just just good old fashioned craftsmanship? Mm -hmm. And in, if it's if it's in if it's the if it's the craftsmanship and how well built the movie is, then I think Dunkirk. either Shape of Water or Dunkirk, Dunkirk just because it's more it was more involved, it's more innovative. Yeah. Whereas Shape of Water was just another oh, just Del Toro hundreds movie. and hundreds of extras in Dunkirk too, like all that organization. Yeah, yeah and there was like there. I mean, I'm sure they used a ton of CGI, but it looked very like yeah practical effects. It looked like very, you know everything looked. Like it actually happened, and so I could see, I could totally see Dunkirk being the surprise winner, and just the Academy just sort of collectively escapes any, you know, they get accused of being boring. Uh -huh. Maybe that's a good way out for this year. You know what, though, you want to be boring this you year. You know what, Get Out could also win Best Picture with that preferential ballot 
because it's often in enough people rank it as like not their favorite but not their least favorite and it's probably mm. going to end up somewhere in the middle if that's the case then some people are going to make a lot of money because i can't i can't actually see that happening the odds on that i gotta think without getting into the insider baseball levels that you just got to <laughs> um i can't see get out winning and I just can't see that being the collective opinion. See, of the that's what it's like. This is such a new way of voting for the Academy that it's like uh, it could, it could though. <laughs> if it, if Get Out wins, that would be amazing. It would be more amazing than was it last year when Moonlight Moonlight won, won last two, year. Yeah, yeah. In that moment, the you know where like the wrong the wrong name got called out and yeah, the complete. I had actually turned. I had actually gone upstairs already because I saw them. They said La La Land, and I was like, all right. I, I'm done. I'm out for the night. And then it was like, my husband was like, you got to come back down because Moonlight won Best Picture. And I was like, what are you talking about? What? He's like, they missed that. So they said La La Land after Emma Stone. I was, you know, I was fuming. And then they announced La La Land as Best Picture. So I just walked up the stairs. I can't believe it. I can't like if if, I mean, I came back down and I saw their acceptance speech, but I did not actually hear. I didn't hear the mistake part. I missed um, the front row, like expressions of like oh my god you know you, that's like that's like if you were a football fan and oscars is your super bowl that's like you missing that malcolm butler interception exactly against, uh, Seattle it's there. exactly like holy that holy cr- yeah. oh my god oh well <laughs> <laughs> all right well we gotta we uh i am gonna try to watch it this year okay so um, i have a couple more things i want to go over with with you we'll go real yeah. fast though um, yeah, let's do it. So, all right, let's go over Netflix. So, Angelina Jolie's movie, First They Killed My Father, that Cambodian movie, was not nominated. And I okay. thought that was a major snub because I thought it was really good. And mm-hmm. I'm also wondering why they didn't decide to go with a theatrical release, even, like, limited theatrical release, like they mm-hmm. did with Mudbound, which is another Netflix movie. So, with Mudbound, they did a very limited theatrical release, and they put the movie on the festival circuit mm-hmm. so that it could go for the awards. And I don't know why mm-hmm. they didn't do that with a movie like Angelina's. Was it good? First They Killed My Father? I thought it was yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. What she's in it? Uh no, she's the director. Oh, she's the director, okay. She, it's, a, it's an you know, all it's a, like an all Cambodian cast. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm sure that's great, but I just have I have an inbuilt allergic reaction to her. I don't know why. I understand why a lot of people do. But I'm just saying ingrained. that like I don't understand why Netflix only like, they put so much money into all of their original content that it's like, would mm-hmm. they want to get some sort of rewards out of it? Like, why not put both Mudbound and First They Killed My Father onto the festival circuit and have a limited theater release? Because then they could have two films in the running and then add more. So Netflix plans on releasing like 80 films a year or something crazy like that. I mean, I think it's just part of their general strategy of just saying, like, look, we're not we're not in the theater game. Like, we're not mm-hmm. trying to be like every other studio. We are online content distribution. We're going to change the way movies are made and consumed, and we're going to change the idea of a movie. And they're committed to that. And I don't know if Reed Hastings gives a shit about you know prestige and winning Oscars. You Possibly, know? but the uh, reason I thought about it was because um, then there would have been like an Asian. There would have been an Asian representation at the yes, Oscars. Yes, but then it would have been Angelina Jolie, and I would have to be very angry about that. <laughs> okay, so On the Beach at Night Alone, which is a South Korean uh, movie by Hong Sang-soo, he, it was snubbed also. Uh, yeah, but so, that would go in the best foreign film category. Yeah, and it didn't, anyway. so I'm surprised about that one. Yeah. The other controversy that I know about was Kobe Bryant's 
Oscar nomination. I don't even know if it's a controversy or if I'm just saying that it is, but I'm surprised mm-hmm. that he is he is nominated. For, he's got a film in there. He's got Dear Basketball, which is an animated short. And um, yeah. I guess everyone forgot about that highly publicized sexual assault case years ago. It's like best animated short. I, do they even give you a real Oscar for that? I yes, don't know, they but, do. Um, <laughs> that's on like, oh my God. It's like so minimal effort if you watch it. It's basically like... <laughs> I, I did not watch it. it. So I usually I usually go to the theater when they have like a marathon of the, um, mm-hmm. the Oscar nominated animated shorts and like short films. And yeah. I did not, I did not go this year. So I didn't, I've never seen Dear Basketball. Have you seen it? Yeah. It Where? takes like 30 seconds to watch. It was online somewhere. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's basically, you know what it looks like? It looks like someone took a spiral notebook <laughs> And just was not paying attention in class and drawing pictures of Kobe Bryant over and over. And it turned into a flip book animation is what it looks like. And so then maybe he just won't terrible. win and then there's just no problem. The, uh, he shouldn't even go to the Oscars, honestly. I really hope he doesn't even show up. What the hell um, else is he doing? I don't know. I I really, I don't get why. I don't, Kobe Bryant is like the most, like the most insipid <laughs> superstar ever like there's just nothing interesting <laughs> about the guy nothing i don't know Zero. enough i don't know yeah. enough you don't need to because i don't it's follow everything i don't really follow everything sports. about him is boring this is yeah. this is my this is like all my sporting events just lumped into right. one this is it all the right oscars, so yeah the, yeah the oscars are just it's like my super bowl it's my um it's my final four it's my it's my wimbledon <laughs> it's my olympics it's it's my world cup it's everything this will be the this will be the year. I don't think the I don't think the lineup is particularly strong this year, but I do think that the that Hollywood is under so many. It's under just so much pressure. It's going to be one of the highest pressure Oscars ever. Who's hosting? Even I don't even know who's hosting. Jimmy Kimmel, I believe. Right. Oh God. Yeah. All right. What a <laughs> safe, boring choice. Jesus. He did okay. it last year. Oh God. They're, well, they're they're just going safe. I mean, they yeah. weren't going for anyone. They're not going to do Ricky Gervais or like Seth MacFarlane again. Yeah. Or Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle. The, the other one you could do is like James Corden. Oh, is he that like carpool karaoke guy, the British one? Yes. Yes. He's, yeah. I guess. Yeah. He's not even funny though. He, yeah, but he he's just like a song and dance kind of guy. Um, yeah. That's, oh my God. It's so we can laugh see, at him. Well, Hollywood is so good at, at just burrowing back into the, <laughs> back into the hole so you can't grab it. <laughs> It's so guilty. It's so guilty, but like, yeah. I I have no I have no favored movie in this case. Like I don't I don't really want any one particular movie to win. I wouldn't if Three Billboards wins, I think it has as much merit as any of the other films to win. Mm-hmm. But I just I I would not get it. I'm still lost. I actually really like that there is no front runner. What about the other like the other ones just don't have a chance, you think? Like the uh, So there's Phantom mm-hmm. Thread, Call Me by Your Name. Darkest Hour, The Post. When is it? It is Sunday, March fourth on ABC. Do you? Does it ever instill a sense of like nausea in you? The way that Hollywood just like you know the whole the whole phoniness of the night. I don't know. For me, I I do. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying, and it's like, man. I mean, it probably yeah. should make me feel a little worse, but yeah. I just can't help yeah. it. Like you know, just things I like. I, I just do too. I love. I, the I think movies. this year will be interesting because I think finally. The, like they can't they can't come supplied with they can't come like already supplied with hollywood pre-can bullshit they know they're in the hot seat 
they have no, to keep it No, not this year. Honest. They can't. Yeah. They can keep it boring, but they, you know, I'm going to, uh-huh. you're going to see a lot of long faces and nervous laughter. It's not going to be like the usual brat pack party, you know, where everyone's slapping each other on the back and all these inside jokes and people are <laughs> laughing way too hard at dumb shit, you know, and, and everyone's just, <laughs> just, just totally just blowing smoke up each other's ass all night. I'm like, okay. I'm going to thank, yeah, like what I said earlier, I'm going to thank every single person I've ever met in my whole yeah, life. Just, oh my God. And this is for everyone that <laughs> came so before me. I'm so humbled standing up here. None of them are humbled. How can you be humbled? You just won an yeah. Oscar. <laughs> I am going to do so much cocaine. <laughs> I am the opposite of humbled mm-hmm. right now. I'm going to do so much coke. It's not even I want to thank all the women I stepped over to get here. You know, you may not know it, but <laughs> I think about you a lot. <laughs> no, it's not fun. <laughs> Thank God I screwed you yeah, over. Yeah. You supply the fuel for okay. this career. So, God. Okay. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Escape from Plan A podcast. Um, don't forget to subscribe and uh, also leave us a review or uh, a comment. We love those. And check out our latest articles on planamag.com. See you next weekend.